بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته All praise and thanks are due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Choices, peace, blessings and salutations upon our master and exemplar Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam And as we send salawat upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his family and the companions It is only befitting on this uh, on this night of Ramadan, being the 17th of Ramadan, that we remember his companions who stood by him when Islam was in, in its infancy, subhanAllah, and they faced a tremendous enemy, an enemy that would have seriously uh, you know, caused fear in the heart of, of any small army. But yet, despite the, the circumstances and the ill-preparedness you know, from a physical military point of view, they were determined to defend Islam and to fight for Islam. And I'm, I'm, I'm referring, of course, to the Battle of Badr. So Alhamdulillah, we are hosting the Nao Youth Foundation this evening, inshallah ta'ala, um, on our Isnad Academy podcast. And we are getting uh, the information out on all platforms because the Ummah deserves to know about the importance of Badr and what the Muslims actually went through at that event and what we can learn from it. Of course, Badr took place in the second year after the Hijrah, which also happens to be the first time that Ramadan was implemented in the Sharia officially. And it was under these circumstances that the Sahaba fought you know, Badr. And the night before, subhanAllah, what an amazing uh, report, a narrative that we hear about what Nabi Muhammad Wasallam was doing on that night and what Sayyidina Abu Bakr was doing on that night. And of course, we remember those events on this night, inshaAllah ta'ala. Uh, with me in studio, we have Molina Muhammad Ka, who heads up the Nao Youth Foundation. So I will welcome him now, inshallah. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh, Molina. Wa alaikum assalam warahmatullahi ta'ala wabarakatuh. Kayif al-hal? Alhamdulillah, nashkurullah. Alhamdulillah. Thank you for asking. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. Thank you. Uh, Molina, it is, uh, it is a privilege and pleasure to you know join you and, and gather on this night for the auspicious occasion of uh, Badr, at least the commemoration thereof, inshallah ta'ala. And uh, after we have some uh, opening rendition of, of the Holy Quran, uh, so that Allah ta'ala's rahmah may descend upon us, inshallah ta'ala, we will then proceed to ask you to give us some some nasiha regarding Badr and some reflections, bi'ithnillah ta'ala. Inshallah. So inshallah with, uh, with that introduction out of the way and uh, you know, well in place, inshallah, I will now welcome another member of the Nao Youth Foundation, Mulan Abdullah Forbes, who actually leads up the uh, the academic aspect of the Tajdeed um, Institute, which is essentially a Hivd Institute. And of course, uh, the Nao Youth Foundation has different branches. There is the Tajdeed Academy, the Hivd Institute. And then, of course, we have the Awal Academy, which is a madrasa for, for kids. And then there's the My Inc., which is also youth-driven. It is basically a youth group uh, to keep our kids occupied in the way of Islam, inshallah ta'ala. So Mawlana Abdullah has joined us online, not in the studio. We welcome him this evening, inshallah ta'ala. Mawlana Abdullah, ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaban bikum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Kayf al-hal, Mawlana? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I can't complain. How are you doing, Mawlana? I'm Mawlana Muhammad. Very good, alhamdulillah. Mawlana, falia tafadl mashkura. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم 
Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Wa idh qala Ibrahim Rabbi arini kayfa tuhyil mawta Qala awalam tu'min Qala bala walakin liyatma'inna qalbi Qala fakhudh arba'atan minat طير فصرهن إليك ثم جعل على كل جبل منهن جزء ثم دعهن يأتينك سعيا وعلم أن الله عزيز حكيم مثل الذين ينفقون أموالهم في سبيل الله كمثل حبة أنبتت سبع سنابل أنبتت سبع سنابل في كل سنبلة مئة حبة Wallahu yudha'ifu liman yasha' Wallahu wasi'un alim Alladhina yunfiquna amwalahum Fi sabilillahi Thumma la yutbi'una ma anfaqu manna ثم لا ينفقون ما أنفقوا منا ولا أذلهم أجرهم عند ربهم ولا خوف عليهم ولا هم يحزنون صدق الله العظيم MashaAllah, ahlan wa sahlan MashaAllah, barakallahu fikum uh, Beautiful Malina Malina, as a, as a member of the Neo Youth Foundation And uh, leading up the, the academy on that side uh, Do you have a word of encouragement for uh, the parents The family of the parents, the students And the community out there In terms of how you believe they should be supporting uh, Neo and organizations like this inshallah ta'ala Bismillahirrahmanirrahim It was never supposed to be my intention to speak this evening That's why we had uh, what, Muhammad did, what did you expect with me around uh, <laughs> How could you expect something different? Uh, <laughs> okay, you got me and I definitely can't leave now But uh, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim <laughs> uh, Probably a word of advice to myself firstly And then whoever's listening That uh, whether it's the Neo Youth Foundation or any other organization, uh, these organizations are there for us to earn our Jannah. And we have an opportunity in the month of Ramadan. It did not be that uh, the opportunity passes us by. It's not that the Neo Youth Foundation needs anybody or any organization needs anybody's support. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will see to the preservation of these organizations. But it is important that we realize that we need these organizations for our salvation, for our for, for goodness within our lives. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes allows us, whoever it might be, wherever we might be finding ourselves, 
to listen to these messages. Why? Because Allah wants uh, wants goodness for us. So let it not be that the opportunity is coming to our ears or to our podcast at home or to our screens or to our radio. I see Voice of the Cape as well. And uh, we allow these opportunities to pass because on the day of Qiyamah, when a person wants to return to this dunya, for what reason? He just wants to give sadaqah. He wants to come back to the dunya just to give sadaqah. So that it not be, inshallah, a reminder again to myself and each and everyone who ever is listening that uh, the opportunity is there because Allah is allowing us to, 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 to allow. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is granting us this opportunity because he wants good for us. It did not be that uh, we waste his opportunities, inshallah. We pray Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept the efforts, uh, you know, of Amin. our Shaykh, uh, Muhammad Ka, and uh, shukran to you, Malay Rashad, for availing your platform for this beautiful, beautiful um, initiative. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take your platform from strength to strength, inshallah, Amin. Amin. and continue Amin. always to use it for the khidmah of deen, inshallah. Amin. Jazakum Allah khairan for those uh, wonderful words. You, you can be very sweet when you're online, mashallah. I love you for the sake of Allah. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this what you do online? Abdullah, listen, I've been I've been mentioning uh mashallah, I, I saw at least three, four Badr programs. Uh this one is another school that's doing a Badr campaign, and I saw a gathering of, of uh Adkar and, and, and um Qasaid around Badr and uh, a number of things, Alhamdulillah. Um, I, and I've mentioned what this budget campaign is all about. Uh, would you mind, from your perspective, just giving our our viewers and and everyone listening just an idea quickly of what it is that they can do to support the organization? What what this budget campaign is about and what they get out of it on this great night, inshallah ta'ala. Speak to me, Yeah, yeah, yes. I think Muhammad is the best person to speak about that one. No, no. I mean, I mean, subhanallah. Like you, you, you're on yeah? When Muhammad is sitting right there. And you dare to speak about him like that? <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe Allah Muhammad is coming to my defense. <laughs> <laughs> I think Allah Muhammad uh, is the best person, inshallah. Allah bless you, Habib. You're really not going to tell us anything about it. <laughs> Look, it's, it's not that when I feel like I'm looking at Allah Muhammad, I can see him on the screen over here. Yes. And... Uh, we we operate in a certain space, alhamdulillah. And Mashallah. you know, Muhammad, it's not right that I'm going to be speaking and whilst Mullah is there, and he's obviously going to deliver the message much better than what I can. Mashallah. Hey, you, that's <laughs> going to get you brownie <laughs> points now, no? <laughs> Mashallah. Allah reward you. Amin, ya Rabbil Alameen. Allah reward you. Barakallah fikum. Amin. Keep well, Mullah. Keep us in your du'as, inshallah ta'ala. Shukran. Assalamu alaikum. I think I, I, I would like to just mention something very briefly. Uh, you know, these, subhanAllah, I have the good honor and privilege of, of being involved in many organizations and meeting many people, um, you know, under, under the circumstances that we find ourselves in today. Um, it's it's very clear that our organizations are struggling. Mm. And I hope not, but I fear that um, some of them are not going to survive this uh, this, mm. this difficult time. Mm. You know, just, just looking at, at the surface level. Mm. Wallahu subhanahu wa ta'ala alam. I mean, mm. you know, I have a question, in fact, around this about Badr mm. because, like, where do we, subhanAllah, where do, mm. we, where do we stop looking at our own efforts and pre preparation 
mm. and 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 just hand the matter over to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and just trust you know even mm. if you're ill prepared and you're like mm. a third of of mm. the force that that mm. you you're contending with but be that as it may um what i'm what i'm really getting down to is that organization struggle mm. the idea that you know there's a couple of rich people that's going to sort us out mm. is the thing of the past mm. uh, wallahi alazim i've seen it's the thing of the past mm. The, those very people are also struggling in terms mm. of keeping things together for their businesses and their lives mm. and so on. Um, and if we really want to s- see our beautiful institutions, you know, do well and and see them into the future, it's going to require for all of us. I'm talking about us, the small guy, the guy that gets a salary that that goes from hand to mouth. Mm. It's up to me now to 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 make a difference. And I think this Badr campaign is a beautiful endeavor because it allows for the small guy to make a difference. Mm. I can't afford to give you 5,000 rand. Mm. I maybe can't even afford to give you 500 rand for your organization mm. right mm. now because mm. I, I need that to survive. I need that for my family. Mm. But I can I can give you 50 rand a month. Mm. Like I really can. Mm. I won't even notice that it's gone. Mm. Maybe my bank charges are even more than that, mm. you know? And that 50 rand given now in, in Ramadan could potentially be my saving grace in the day of Qiyamah because mm. I made that niyyah in Ramadan. Mm. I made that niyyah for the sake of Allah. I made that niyyah because I wanted to make a difference. Mm. And in, in light of this, I think this Badr campaign where people have the opportunity to be monthly contributors to uh, the Near Youth Foundation, um, I think it's, it's just a wonderful endeavor. And I do pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open up the hearts and minds of our Ameen. viewers to see this as an opportunity in the land ta'ala. Ameen. Barakallahu feekum. Molina, from your side, uh, is there anything you'd like to to share as far as words of encouragement is concerned before we proceed to to learning about this uh, amazing event? Uh, whilst you were, Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam ala Rasulillah, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Whilst you were speaking about um, the plight of uh, Islamic institutions in general, and how um, uh, different funding models, um, whereas perhaps tradi- traditionally we would have a certain funding model and maybe working away from that particular funding model. It reminded me about uh, the concept that I think we are familiar with, and that is like uh, sustainable funding. Um, and traditionally, uh, I think Islamic institutions have had and still have at their disposable a, a, a self-sustainable model. And that was basically in terms of how they would manage their awqaf, for example. And we, we awqaf basically would be our, our, our endowments. So for example, a, a type of waqaf that all of us are very familiar with would be the mosque. So when we look at our current model in terms of our mosques, from one perspective, uh, you could say that the, generally the current funding model of the mosque is not sustainable, or at least not self-sustainable. Look, alhamdulillah, as long as you have um, Muslims, you're going to have um, people contributing towards the upkeep and the development of the mosque and so forth. So that 
is somewhat sustainable from that perspective. No. But self-sustainability, you know, where the mosque is basically self-sustainable, um, that is not our current model. But traditionally it was because when uh, we would establish a mosque as a wakaf, then parallel to that, we would have another wakaf, which was an income-generating model. And the income generated by that parallel wakaf, by that endowment, would basically, in a self-sustainable manner, uh, see to the needs of the of the mosque. Mm. And, uh, you know, if you just basically peruse the basic uh, fiqh manual, uh, you you we, we come across and we learn that um, the wakaf was somewhat, I wouldn't say sophisticated, but fairly developed in what sense? In a sense that uh, if a person had a wakaf, so it could be a farm, then uh, the proceeds of the farm annually would be sold and that revenue would accrue to the mosque. Mm. And then certain endowments would be for the maintenance of the mosque, imaratul masjid, no. the maintenance of the mosque, and others would be for masalih al-masjid, for the interest of the mosque. And in, in, under the latter category, salaries and everything would fall, and in the former category, basic maintenance. So it was like sophisticated to that particular degree. Um, but that particular background, what came to my mind really was the... Uh, I don't know if this is the right word now, but, uh, you know, the... Eff- no, you and your words, the, the, the efficacy, you know, the, the of, of that particular model, man. Right, right. Um, how effective it was. No. And when we look to history, for example, we find that uh, when, when the colonialists uh, took over Egypt by way of example. Right. So uh, they had controlled the land, but they didn't control the people. Ayyoh. So they realized that the people were controlled by a different mechanism altogether. No, no. And that was basically by the, by the, by the, by the, by the clergy, by the, uh, by the scholars, by the spiritual luminaries and masters. So and, so they needed to contend with the with the clergy. Mm. But what they did, like many uh, battles of fought and won, is um, you cut the supply line. So these. These leaders are uh, produced within the madaris. The madaris is sustained by the awqaf, so they cut the awqaf. Oh, subhanallah. Ajeeb. So, but why I'm mentioning that is because um, they saw the effectiveness of the madaris, which was supported by the awqaf. No. So, but they did it for negative things. So mm. we just turn the positives around. Right. So if we want that to happen, what do we do? We need to... Um, support in even if it's a non-sustainable manner, mm. but with the idea of working towards sustainable measures of sustaining our uh, institutions. Right. And the blueprint is really there. It's just a matter of um, accessing that blueprint and uh, making it a reality. So we have that um, that model. We have that blueprint um, that if we implement it, then it will guarantee the sustainability of our institutions. Mm. It was just a thought that came to mind whilst you were speaking right, about, right. you know, like fundraising. So there will always be like, um, and inshallah it will continue always where there are ad hoc donations. Mm. But uh, from the, from, from that's from the donor's perspective. Mm. But from the, you know, the, the, the institution's perspective, we really need to look at um, sustainable funding. Right. And we don't need to look far because within our legacy, within our tradition of Islam, mm. we have this sort of model that we can employ and 
for for self sustainability. No, inshallah, inshallah. Taqabbal Allah. Barakallah Excellent, uh, you know, subhanAllah. Maulana, uh, I think everyone has joined us. Alhamdulillah, ahlan wa sahlan if you've, if you've joined us, you know, after we, we gave the formal introduction. Um, but tonight, specifically, we are here for the for the very amazing event of Badr, subhanAllah. And Maulana uh, Muhammad will be presenting uh, to us, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, on this particular topic. If you have any questions about uh, what is mentioned or about the event itself or the lessons that one could perhaps derive from it, uh, then do send your questions via the comment section, whether that be via YouTube uh, or Facebook on any of our platforms. Um, if you do think that you'd love for your family and friends and loved ones to, to share in on the khair uh, that will be presented here this evening, inshallah, do share the link. Um, on your perhaps your WhatsApp contact list or Telegram, whichever platform you're using, inshallah. And uh, most importantly, if you'd like to be part of this budget initiative and include your name on a very special list, now not as special as the names of the Shuhada of Badr, but still very special in that they will be connected to the masahif of our students, inshallah, because that's our niyyah is to compile all the names of those who make a monthly pledge and place it in the mushaf of the student and the teachers and the students will continuously make dua for all of the people on that list inshallah at every khatam, at every occasion you know perhaps even uh, daily or weekly and uh, we will make sure that this gets part of the program so imagine those students making dua for you subhanallah uh, and and it costs basically uh, such a minimal amount that you wouldn't even notice it going off of your bank account um, if you don't get a, an SMS notification, subhanAllah. So if you do want to be part of that list, you can either visit the website and find the details there or simply send Malana Muhammad Ka or myself or any of the NAO uh, staff members or team uh, that you are interested in, you perhaps need assistance with setting up this debit order uh, pledge, then just reach out to us. Even if you want, you could, you could reach out to us via Facebook or YouTube by inserting your name in the comment section and uh, ask us to reach out to you and we'll do that just to facilitate uh, the path for you but without any further ado I will hand over to my respected teacher and colleague and beloved friend uh, and brother subhanallah may Allah Ta'ala keep him with us for many years and allow him to be of benefit to the ummah and uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open up for you manana subhanallah one of the first things that came to mind Okay, the first thing that came to mind and was top of my mind is that they said the format is a podcast format. So the podcast format means that uh, one needs to be relaxed. So I'm thinking of relaxing, you know, just in terms of uh, the presentation. Barakallahu uh, fikum. So one of the uh, primary things which came to mind about this eve of uh, Badr. So we are on the 17th and in the Islamic calendar in the Islamic month in the Islamic week the night precedes the day so this evening would be the 17th eve and tomorrow would be the 17th day uh, which is Friday uh, coincidentally we find that the battle of Badr took place on the day of Friday, which was the 17th, and Laylatul Badr was this Thursday evening, the evening before. And it just so happens that this year round, uh, by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
it is uh, Thursday evening, the eve of Badr, and tomorrow would be Friday, and the battle of Badr was fought on a Friday on the 17th of Ramadan, and Allah SWT knows, knows best. So the first uh, sort of idea which came to mind, subhanAllah, was that this is rather unique, uh, that coincidentally we find ourselves on the eve of uh, Badr, which is a Thursday night, and tomorrow, which would be a Friday, on which the Battle of Badr was was fought. So there are, subhanAllah, so many uh, lessons that we could take from the Battle of, of Badr. I want to just uh, look through one or two of them, bi'idhnillah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in terms of uh, the lessons that we can learn. Perhaps it would be a good idea just to start off by uh, sketching the historical layout uh, before maybe delving into uh, one, two or three lessons that we can take uh, from uh, this particular uh, occurrence. Uh, the, so what had happened was that the Prophet ﷺ, when Irshad, uh, earlier on alluded to the fact that it happened the second year after immigration. So we know the Prophet ﷺ, he spent um, 13 years in terms of prophethood in Mecca and then he immigrated to Medina sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and then he spent 10 years and he had then passed away so the second year into his being in Medina then the battle of Badr took place initially what happened was the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had heard about a caravan that was traveling towards Mecca the, tra- the caravan was traveling towards Mecca and this particular caravan it was headed up by Abu Sufyan who would later on embrace Islam so when the Prophet heard about this particular caravan he encouraged the companions to waylay that particular caravan and the idea was that many of the Muslims who immigrated they had left behind the place of birth, they had left behind their families, and importantly, they had left behind their uh, wealth. So the idea behind waylaying the caravan was some sort of a commutative, like, you know, the one for the other. So the Prophet would say to his companions, in lieu of whatever you've left behind, and that was appropriated or misappropriated if you wanted to in lieu of that we will waylay the caravan and then uh, let's say we can call it equal so that was the initial idea so then the Prophet and his companions they set out to waylay the caravan but in the meantime um, Abu Sufyan had gotten whiffed of the fact whiff of the fact that the Prophet knows about the caravan and uh, he has an intention to ambush the caravan, to waylay the caravan. Uh, Abu Sufyan, uh, very astutely, he hastened towards Mecca. Firstly, he sent a message to tell the people of Mecca that your caravan, which is laden with your goods, um, is in danger of being uh, waylaid by the Prophet and his companions. So the message went to uh, Medina, no. or rather Mecca. And... Uh, the leaders of Mecca, the noblemen, they mobilized. And they're coming now to um, rescue Abu Sufyan and rescue the, the caravan. 
um, but Abu Sufyan, being as astute as he was, he also like eluded. He escaped, let's say, from the clutches of the believers. No. And then he took like a path, which is the coastal path. So basically, Badr was on his left hand side, and the sea basically on the right hand side, and he's making haste. And then he actually slips. You know, he he eludes the believers. And by that time now. He's wanting to send a second message now to Makkah. Mm. Because look, uh, I wanted your assistance. I needed your assistance because my caravan laden with your wealth is in uh, is in uh, is in danger. Right, right. So uh, he sends another message that look, you don't need to uh, come out. But Quraysh had already prepared themselves and they were, uh, sorry for the expression, but they were hell bent, you know, they were decided we we we're going to go to Badr. Mm. Abu Jahal being you know the one of the main campaigners. In other words, that we're not going to now step down. We're going to uh, make a lesson of this in right. terms of his wording. That is, when you make a lesson of this, we're going to go to Badr. We're going to stay there for a few days. We're going to like almost like celebrate our imminent victory. No. And uh, um, the entire Arabian Peninsula can take a lesson from the from this mm. and be particular in terms of challenging the Quraysh. Because we can establish our um, hegemony, our power over the, the 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 other tribes, so they were hell bent on, on 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 contending with the believers, right. and that's basically what brought them to to Badr. So this is really the context uh, of the Battle of Badr. Right, the historical context. Initially, the the idea was to waylay the caravan. So, you know, the believers planned one thing, but Allah SWT planned something else altogether. No, no. Um, I think that in terms of Surah Al-Anfal, uh, it features prominently there. Right. Allah talks, you know, Allah promised you one of two things. And uh, perhaps it is that you were, were opting for the, the easier option, but Allah SWT wanted you to uh, contend with the more difficult option, right. which was basically contending with the might and the power of Quraysh at Badr. Right. And this even gives us some sort of perspective on the the preparedness of the believers. Like, because of the reason that they went out for, compared to what they faced. Yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, chalk and cheese, like they say. Yeah, subhanAllah. So, uh, I mean, that, yeah. that in and of itself gives us an idea as to just how ready they were yeah, subhanAllah. to fight Badr. Yeah, subhanAllah. Uh, and that's, uh, I think, what was coming to mind now that you're speaking, Munna, is, uh, you know, the preparedness mm. uh, to go beyond the call of duty. Right. Because I think maybe from a sort of like a technical point of view, that the Prophet ﷺ had so. an, 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 an agreement with the helpers. No. And the agreement was along the lines that they will defend. So, you know... Uh, this uh, defensive uh, commitment and an offensive commitment is two different things. Of course, of course. So at one stage, you know, when the caravan had eluded uh, the believers and then the Prophet Sallallahu now needed to consult yeah. with his companions, look, it's now going to uh, Badr. Mm. And going to Badr means we're going to be launching an offensive. Right. Maybe not an offensive in the literal sense of the word, but it's going right. to be a fully-fledged battle right. outside of Medina. You're not defending me now. Yes. We're launching an offensive. It's beyond our jurisdiction of what we agreed upon. Yeah. Yeah. And But at that point, so the Prophet ﷺ consulted with his companions. And that's also, I think, a beautiful thing because throughout Badr, uh, one of the contributory factors to the the, 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 the the ultimate victory or the resounding victory at Badr, one of the contributory factors was this one aspect, 
and that was the aspect of mashwara. Mm. Um, you know, mutual consultation. Ajeeb. There was a lot of beautiful things about it. But, yes. it, you know, in terms of our storyline where we're at now, yes. the Prophet ﷺ spoke to the companions. And then one of, he said, look, this is the situation, uh, what to do. So one of the companions, but he happened to be from the immigrants. So he said, oh, uh, Prophet of Allah, uh, in we proceed, we're going to proceed with you. But then the Prophet ﷺ uh, continued to um, uh, like consult and then Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh, again very astute, he said, perhaps it is we that you're intending, O Prophet of Allah. Mm. So the Prophet said, yes, it is you that I'm intending. So he said uh, some wordings, the preparedness and the willingness to go at this time over and above the call of duty. Subhanallah. Ajib, ajib. So he said, Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh said, O Prophet of Allah, that uh, if you were to present us to the ocean and then you forged into the ocean, we will forge into the ocean with you. Ya Rabbi. So that was the, you know, the, the willingness and, sure. you know, it reminds me also of another verse in Surah Al-Anfal, uh, because Surah Al-Anfal, the booty is basically another name for it is Surah Al-Badr. And in Surah Al-Badr, Allah SWT talks about, Ya ayu al-Nabiyu hasbuk Allah, wa man ittaba'aka min al-mu'minin, that, uh, oh, 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 messenger, hasbuk Allah, Allah is sufficient to you. And according to one explanation, and Allah SWT knows best, wa man ittaba'aka min al-mu'minin, but you can't really do this alone, you know, and that brings into sharp focus the situation that we find ourselves in. We were speaking about the Islamic institutions. Right. So the Islamic institutions, the messenger practically uh, didn't do it on his own. He did no. it with the support of the companions. So likewise, our Islamic institutions, they can't do it completely on their own. Of course. They need our support in, in, in some way. Um, it reminds me of another, another narra- narration in Surah Al-Nisa, another verse rather, where... Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to his messenger, فَقَاتِلْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ لَا تُكَلَّفُ إِلَّا نَفْسَكَ So what do you notice there about that particular verse is the Prophet is being addressed, you know, in the, in the single person. Right. The benefit there would be, what our scholars say is that um, the, res- the responsibility, f- from my perspective, I'm looking to the outside now. Right, right. So my responsibility is that I need to put my shoulder to the wheel. Mm. You know, in my individual capacity, irrespective whether, you know, everybody else is joining me or whether I'm so alone. So the Prophet was being told, You strive in the path of Allah. Right. That who are you responsible for? Are you responsible for everybody else, whether they're assisting or not? Uh, you're not responsible as such for them. But no. what you can do is encourage others. So I think this is also a very positive attitude in terms of, look, um, primarily the responsibility is mine. Uh, I must do what I'm able to do right. in terms of good works and so forth and encourage everybody else. But uh, it shouldn't be that. Uh, I think it's, a, it's just like a different take. Like, so if somebody's assisting, yes. they're doing you a favor in fulfilling your responsibility. But ultimately, you understand it to be your responsibility. Right. You know, uh, that, type of, uh, that type of idea. Mashallah. But again, the, the ideal would be that we, uh, we are interdependent as, you know, we interdependent. Yes. Um, so we, in order to achieve our goals, we require the assistance of one another. Absolutely. Uh, so that is the, an ideal situation whereby we assist one another in reaching these mutual goals. Like let's say, for example, sustainability of, a, of an Islamic institution. So like uh, Badr was a success, there was a, there was a number of reasons as to why Badr 
was a resounding success. One of the ones that we alluded to a bit earlier on was the issue of mashwara. Right. And then number two, very clearly would be uh, working working together. Right. You know, working together. Mutual cooperation. Mutual cooperation uh, in that particular regard. So we see that happening over here. I think that that's kind of a redundant statement. Isn't cooperation by its nature mutual? Mutual. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I'm, do, I'm doing this I'm too learning, much. I'm learning as we go along. Barakallah <laughs> fikum. So that basically came, that basically, I think, would serve as a basic background to, you know, Badr. Right. Uh, one great lesson for me that I always uh, uh, think of myself, about myself in relation to, in relation to Badr, this whole phenomenon of the decree of Allah. Mm. Because initially the, the, the believers, they set out to waylay the caravan. Yes. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is quite clear in terms of Quran that um, that was your idea, but Allah had a better idea. Right. So, you know, it happens in life sometimes that we have an idea, but then uh, uh, we have a storyline, but Allah has a better storyline for us. Yeah, yeah. And uh, why, why I'm mentioning that is because normally when we talk about the decree of Allah, I wouldn't say normally, but let's say more often than not, um, when something negative happens, and then rightly, we say, It's by the decree of Allah. But uh, that, that is correct. But how about applying the decree of Allah in a positive way, like here? Of course, of course. So here, Allah SWT in Quran, He says, no. Allah wanted to reify, Allah wanted to realize a particular objective that he had in mind mm. and you may have wanted to offer the caravan but Allah SWT has something better in store for you you know interestingly mm. you, I'm just thinking and putting myself in the in the situation as the Sahaba were at that moment I don't think it will it will appear to be a positive outcome that you must not go face this army you know what I mean Absolutely. So, so, so only retrospectively now we can say yes, you know, that, that it was in a positive light. Absolutely. But they, if they said Qadr Allahu Amasha Fa'al it would have also been by way of, of saying like, oh, you know, Allah knows best, we know we're in this now, let's just do it. And then of course they had the courage and so on and they, and they fought the vigor. But in, in our own lives, we will do the same thing, thinking that a situation that appears to be... Um, it appears to be negative, undesirable, um, you know, appears in front of us. And then we will just be like, as though it's like something negative. Only to see a couple of months, weeks, days no. even down no. the line. No. And you turn around and you say, you know what? That was like one of the best things that had ever happened to me. No. So even even in that sense, like mm. at, at, we don't, subhanAllah, Allah's knowledge is infinite. Mm. And, and we wouldn't even begin to understand the true the true length and breadth of qada mm. in the sense of like everything that you know mm. because if you take qada mubram and muallaq mm. and all of those things mm. into consideration mm. it, it it's a lot like mm. all the possible outcomes mm. you know like parallel universes mm. that people mm. discuss these days mm. so if you take that into we can't even begin to understand that and you make a dua yeah, and then Allah takes some negative thing away from you but you never see that mm. you never even know about that negative mm. thing that would have mm. come your way mm. until mm. the day of qiyamah mm. right mm. so so I think the lesson in this is like 
to to not be so hasty to judge mm. the qadr of Allah subhanahu mm. wa ta'ala mm. because Allah knows and you don't know mm. Mm. you know mm. uh, subhanallah uh, no it's really uh, really beautiful I had heard some time back I can't remember the exact details mm. so in other words um, you know even our tenants of faith uh, they are they are positive forces right. within our life so the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a positive force, not a negative force. And uh, how grateful we we should be for the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ajib. They say that, you know, if uh, if if you were to plan an optimum life, mm. then if you were able to plan an optimum life, then you would find that it, it wouldn't digress from the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, in the least. Subhanallah. So, there was a story Ajib. of this one, uh, uh, maybe just to highlight uh, for myself, I'm trying to remember now, uh, we, uh, you know, one uses a decree. So, so Badr is an example of that. Right. Because look, Badr, um, it, at Badr, the tables were turned. Mm. And Badr um, would culminate into the conquest of Mecca. Mm. And the conquest of Mecca would basically, within like a scant few years, uh, and from the time of the of, of prophethood until the demise of the Prophet the entire Arabian Peninsula would come under the control of Islam. Ajib. So Badr was like a turning point and Badr ultimately, ultimately led to the conquest of, of Mecca. So uh, this decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? in other words, had it been limited to the caravan mm. and just getting the spoils there, mm. then the believers wouldn't have, uh, you know, that yeah, trajectory yeah, yeah. would have been different from the... the, the the, the actual trajectory. Yeah. yeah, the actual trajectory in terms of uh, how Allah SWT decreed it. Subhanallah. So the decree of Allah is also a positive force. And then when Allah decrees something that on the face of it doesn't appear to be um, uh, uh, favorable, favorable, and then we must know that Allah SWT has greater things in store for us as a result of that. Ajib. Uh, one, uh, one scholar was mentioning an example of a, I think it was a badminton, okay. you know, like a champion. Right. So look at the decree of Allah SWT in the relation. saying one scholar was a badminton champion. No, no, no. He gave an example okay. of a scholar and mentioned an example yeah, of a, interesting. Like a badminton uh, champion. So look at the decree of Allah in this regard. Right. <clears throat> how Allah SWT facilitated. And sometimes we are oblivious to how Allah SWT facilitates for our development every step of the way. Right. Like he did at Badr. He facilitated for what would ultimately result in the conquest of Mecca. No. Right. Um, so this badminton champion, he wasn't interested in badminton in the least. Okay. His brother had a great interest in badminton. So it was only him and his brother. So he loved his brother. So he would partner up with his brother in terms of badminton. Right. Initially. Then what happened was uh, he needed to go to school. So like I think legislatively, I speak under correction, you know, if you're from a particular area, then you should be enrolled in the local school. Right. Uh, ideally. Right. Um, they had a similar structure uh, where this person was from. For some reason or the other, the decree of Allah, we say for some reason yeah, or the other, yeah, but yeah. the decree of Allah, um, he couldn't register in his local school. Okay. And then he had to go to the neighboring school. Right. And it just so happened that the ex uh, world badminton champ was. Um, uh, at that particular school doing like physic what we refer oh, okay. to as physical education the training right right so look at the decree of Allah what had happened was um, 
His brother loved badminton. Mm. Then he was supposed to go to school other than where the coach was. But somehow or the other, that school was full and he had to go to the school where the ex-badminton champ was, 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 was training. And then he became the champion. Mm. So look at the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in facilitating, in facilitating that. Mm. And like, we, like that, we... we It'd be we, interesting to see what the relationship is now like as brothers today. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I know that. That's why look at but look at the decree of Allah. Uh, no. And then uh, you know how Allah SWT decrees and facilitates. So we pray that Allah SWT decrees and facilitates uh, for us as well. I mean, ya Rabb, uh, I even mean. though sometimes it's against our our will. No. Like you know, like we want something else. Yes. And then I heard from one of our scholars like a uh, amazing narration. It talks about um uh, that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is amazed at, at, a, at a group of people, they are dragged in chains, not to the fire of hell, but to paradise. Ajib. So in other words, had it been, um, had it been uh, your will, then you would have been maybe be going in the opposite direction. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala imposes His will ah, on you. You can't have a volition except by the volition of Allah. So Allah said, look, your volition, fine, but I'm going to subject your volition to my volution. Uh, and as opposed to going that way, I'm going to take it the other way. Ajib, it's a very like a jabari type of uh, view. I'm taking but it, it makes perfect sense. I'm like, taking you the right way. So then uh, Allah SWT takes you the right way. So, um, so one of the lessons... Ya Rab, I don't mind going to Jannah in chains. Take me. Ya Rabbul Alameen. As long as I get there. Ya Rabbul Alameen. Allah grant us all uh, emancipation from the fire of hell and grant us anything to paradise. So that's one of the lessons I think, uh, Wallahu Alam, that I think is fairly beneficial uh, because we are... Look, the companions, they were uh, an elite group of people Mm. and they had certain salient qualities. One of the qualities that the companions had as a collective was al-ridha They were always content with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's one of the lessons, wallahu alam, that stands out amongst all of the many lessons in terms of Badr. So, mashallah, tabarakallah. Ajib, fadalu, yeah. fadalu. It's uh, enticing, mashallah. Yeah. The story is, is we, very intriguing. Uh, we, 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 we. So, um, the reason, when I set the tone, the, the context, the historical context of why they actually got to Badr. No. So, uh, let's commence with with the journey yeah subhanallah so that was uh, uh, so now the companions are at Badr and uh, the Prophet so now what had happened was when the Abu Jahl is and all of the nobles of Quraysh no nobleman of Quraysh had remained behind mm. everybody set out and they came to Badr mm. um, now and that's kind of like an odd thing because the noble guys, they they don't usually go to the battlefield. Huh. But my my impression of this was that they had so much confidence huh. that you know we huh. oh you want to take you want to take our caravan no. now you'll see what we'll do to you you know because yes, I mean at the time yeah. it was a fledgling community in Medina yeah the believers just got there yeah they hardly established themselves yet it's like two years down the line mm. so in my mind and this yeah. is just my interpretation of yeah. history. Yeah. The reason why the leaders would, would go and put mm. themselves at, at risk in a, in a battle that they could have just sent their slaves, mm. they could have just sent their, their armies, mm. 
was that they, for them it was like, they're 300, we're like mm. a thousand, they got no, mm. they didn't even come prepared for the battle. Mm. We are going to destroy them, we're going to annihilate mm. them tonight. Mm. So let's let's all go, you know? Mm. And if, if one reads about the, the way they kind of embellished the army and the ladies yes, and the yes. drumming, and yes, yes. for them it was like, you know? Yeah. And now yeah. it's on type of thing. Yeah. It was almost like a South Africa versus New Zealand rugby match <laughs> at certain times. <laughs> SubhanAllah. Yeah, I think that was the very words of Abu Jahl. He said that no. we will go there, we will stay for three days. We will uh, sacrifice certain camels. Mm. And then we will have uh, wine uh, flowing freely. Right. And we will have the songstresses singing. Mm. And uh, we will, you know, we will leave our mark. Mm. But interesting, you know, you, you were talking about... Uh, like the impressions that you have in terms of the army leaving and how they left in terms of the psyche. Mm. Allah talks about that also in Surah Al-Anfal. Mm. 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 And uh, the unique thing, I think, in terms of the lesson again, Allah says, وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ خَرَجُوا مِنْ دِيَارِينَ بَطَرًا Naam. Then don't be like those who left their homes. Uh, who, who, who left their homes? They're talking about the Quraysh and the nobles. Right. And all of them are basically left. But they left in a very pompous manner. Mm. And then the, the, Allah uses the term Batar, which is an interesting term really. Um, and again, for us to glean the principle there from and basically learn, because look, the month of Ramadan is also about um, uh, being pompous is not a good thing. No. So um, uh, sometimes it's also important to understand what, before dealing with the ailment, that uh, what's the nature of this ailment? So Allah says, don't be like those who left their homes, Batran, like in a pompous, in a pride way. What is Batar? I'd read somewhere, now that you, you know, you mentioned that, uh, I'd read somewhere the definition in terms of uh, butter and what does butter mean. Mm. So our scholars say that uh, it's a type, pomp is a type of pride, but where does it stem from? It talk, it's, it's a pride that stems from affluence. Mm. So what happened is that the people of uh, Quraysh, they were a favored people. Allah yeah. talks about that. Yes. You know, so, the Quraysh always were always in a very good uh, position in terms of the Arabian Peninsula. Ayyoh. So they were blessed. So what happens is, you know, when you are blessed, um, a blessing, you know, it can lead to a sense of uh, pompousness right. and, and pride. And it can lead to a sense of gratitude. Ideally, it was supposed to lead to a sense of gratitude. And gratitude ultimately leads to servitude. And that's what Allah was talking about. Okay, you should, because of Allah's blessings over you, so then what happens is you should be grateful and gratefulness leads to servitude, worshipping Allah. Right, right. But at the same time also, being in a blessing can, has the potential to lead, not to... Kufran and Yeah, where a person becomes ungrateful. Ayyoh. And when you're ungrateful, it leads to one person, you know, having um, uh, having ease about himself and yes, so forth. Yes. So it's unique to think about that. Just think about the concept. Yeah. Here's a person, he's, the, the, the Quraysh come out in a very proud manner. Right. Where does this pride stem from? It stems from the affluence and the social position, the political position they found themselves in. And this led to this particular, you know, air of superiority, right. air of uh, authority and all of those things. So likewise, if Allah SWT has blessed us with uh, wealth and so forth, it should be that that should develop, a, not a princess attitude, but ah, a pioneer attitude, a good attitude, as opposed to, you know, affluence, uh, it needs to do the opposite of what it usually does to people. Yeah. You know, it, it like, yeah, subhanAllah. Yeah, subhanAllah. So, that's all, so, you know, when you're talking about, like, everybody's coming out to Badr and they're sitting over there, but... Um, so, that, that, that word, uh, it's 
بطارة بطارة is this not like in uh, is this not in إن شانئك هو الأبتر this is different like yeah. بطارة محمد yeah it's a bit different because the 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 بطارة in in صوت الكوثر would be with التاء Right, so right, right, that, that, that's basically means like qata'a to be right, like cut no off. Relation, no, no. And then yeah, the mm, batara would be the ta no. with the batara in that particular regard. Um, yeah, so it's a, a little bit different yes. in terms of the in terms yeah, of no, the, it's a completely different wording, word you know. in terms of the wording. No. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Arabic language is like very really yeah, sensitive. No, I, I'm, in hearing in, I'm hearing in my head uh, somebody or reading the narration, and I'm hearing me saying. That the enemy of the Prophetism came out saying Batara Muhammadun, but I was I'm just thinking I was pronouncing it incorrectly. It's Batara because it's Abatar in Nashaniyaka wal Abatar. That's the what is given as the sababun nuzul of that yes, ayah. Yes, yes. So yeah. I read the when I when I when I when I taught the hadith. Yeah. I'm just thinking I must have mispronounced the word, and in my head it sounded like Batara. Mm. is a different word. Yeah, but then also it's uh, if you look at uh, like the definition of pride itself, our scholars say. Um, at, actually, the Prophet spoke about it. He says, "Batarul Haq wa Ghamtun Nas." Ah, it comes with a ta. Ah, interesting. So uh, to deny the truth mm. and to look down on people. So uh, because the Prophet was asked about this, no. you know, no. like, look, um, uh, what is pride? So the Prophet gives a definitive answer. Mm. Pride is when you somebody speaks the truth to you, but you're not willing to accept the truth. Mm. And my father, Rahimahullah. Uh, used to give you an example of uh, he says that you know you're driving a car and now what happens is you park it on a hill right right so basically it's okay so let's say slight incline so uh, you omit to lift up the handbrakes uh, and so then what happens is you jump out of the car and then let's say a, a drunkard person comes along right or a minor mm. and says look uncle that you know your car is going to it's going now slowly yeah, it's yeah. incline it's going yeah. to and then you say, who are you to tell me? Right. So that is Batr al-Haq. Yeah. The truth is being presented to you, but you refuse to accept the truth. No. Uh, may Allah grant us this quality. And it's usually because of who it's coming from. Yeah. And considering yourself uh, in, in a superior to taking that person's in, nasiha. Yeah. So, it, you know, the Prophet also um, one of his, uh, the fact that he used to intermingle, leave alone everything else with, uh, with kids, was telling of his... Uh, humility. No. Um, so, and, and humility basically is accepting the truth, uh, no matter who it may come from. And mm. the Arabs have this saying that, uh, um, mm. Don't look at what who's saying what. In certain instances, mm. you can have an appeal to authority, of course, right, you know, right. but it does have a standing. But from our perspective, in terms of our discussion, um, uh, don't look at who's saying. Mm. Look at what is being said. And if that's the truth, and then, you know, al-hikmat mm. wadalatul mu'min, mm. you know, wisdom, and which is the truth, really, um, is the last property of a believer. Mm. Mm. So, uh, Ajib, yeah. as, as we're talking about this, and I'm thinking about it, it's, it's more and more sort of profound, because, you know, uh, this verse has been recurring for the last couple of days. Uh, I don't know, I must be hearing, for, uh, hearing about it for a reason, but mm. the ayah in Surah Luqman, وَلَا تَمْشِ فِي الْأَرْضِ مَرَحَا you know, it's mm. like, it's a recurring theme. No. Like, we can't overestimate the importance of humility. Mm. Mm. It cannot be, mm. it cannot be overestimated. Mm. Subhanallah. It's like, it's, 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 you know, Allah Ta'ala, mm. Allah no. deserves all honor no. and all 
you know, no. grandio and no. grandia no. and so on. Whereas we are no. his servants, we are his bondsmen. No. No. And the more we come to that realization and we embody mm. that we are the, mm. you know, Ibadur Rahman. No. And that, you know, whatever no. Isa comes to us, it's, no. you know, it's no. from Allah alone. No. Uh, that's like so important to do. Because Absolutely. once you take on kibir, you're yeah. actually you're actually trying to, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. for Allah belongs yeah. the, the kibriya, yeah. you know, the grandeur. Yeah. Who are you to yeah. take on this quality? So yeah. It's a very dangerous thing. And, and you see that in, in Badr. Yeah. And um, you see that in the enemies of, yeah. of Islam. And then yeah. on the other hand, you add the believers. Yeah. Like, oh, what do we have, you know? Yeah. We're not prepared for this. We don't yeah. know fighting. Yeah. We don't know how to fight. We don't yeah. have the, but they went into it. With, yeah. with humility no. and following no. uh, sort of sam'an wa ta'atan Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam even going above and beyond what is required of them no. and look at the outcome at the end of the day no. those who went in there with their noses breathing the air no. two inches above everybody no. else and those no. who came there with their heads hanging low you know no. No. let's see yeah. what happens inshallah type yeah. of thing okay they didn't have a pacifist attitude of no. course yeah. but uh they mm. certainly didn't have the attitude of the of no. the Quraysh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tell us about uh, the preparations now. They're all there. What happens the night before, the positioning of the army? Yeah, so Some I think, interesting things there. Yeah, the, you know, the, that last benefit that you benefited us with, may Allah increase you, in I terms of the, happened. you know, just the attitude from the one side and attitude from their side. And the eve of Badr, which was the 17th, no. uh, the the attitude was an attitude of humbleness and humility, mm. humbling themselves and uh, debasing themselves, and you and 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 standing in front of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala with the greatest degree of uh, humility. It reminds me of that uh, one saying of the scholars: uh, If you come to Allah with your qualities, Allah will embellish you with His qualities. Yes, Allah. So you know uh, we sure. are, we are lowly. That's deep. So you come to Allah with a sense of lowliness. Right. Allah raises you. Ajib. So when uh, on the eve of Badr, uh, as a collective with the Prophet as the leader, um, they presented themselves in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a state of um, humbleness. So they came to Allah with humbleness. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala embellished them with loftiness, uh, with nobility, mm. with, with honor. Um, so when we submit to Allah, and then uh, Subhanallah, um, uh, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. That that is the that is the 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 price for felicity mm. is submission to Allah. Yeah, Rob. So they submitted to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. But before, just before the evening, um, you know, when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam now, so now we're traveling to Badr, mm. so we're coming to Badr, and now the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam wants to set up camp. So in, this is another very interesting phenomenon for me and Allah SWT knows best, latching onto the whole idea of mutual consultation. Mm. So when the Prophet comes to Badr, so Badr there are a lot of wells. Mm. So he stops at the first well. This is my understanding of the right, of the right. of the of the of the historical account of the battle. So then one of the companions, uh, I think it's Habab ibn al Mundir, speak under correction. I think it is. Yeah. So he uh, he says, O Prophet of Allah. Your alighting, your setting up camp here, is that uh, by divine decree or divine command, uh. or is it a matter of uh, you know like uh, um, uh, opinion? Yeah, yeah. And then it was like your your, your military opinion or your um, logistical opinion, whatever yeah. it may be. So the Prophet says uh, it's not divine in nature; 
it is a military practical logistic decision that I've made. So then he says, oh, Prophet of Allah, if that's the case, and then we shouldn't light here. This is the first. What we should do basically is go as close as we possibly can to the enemy. And in doing so, we place all of the wells behind us. So mm. we have basically control over all the, the, the wells, mm. the water. So what would happen is then we have the supply of water. They don't. And, you know, uh, war is all about uh, strategy. Right. So this was a strategy. And then the, the Prophet Sallallahu he um, uh, adopted the view of Habab ibn al-Mundir, and, uh, uh, which was a contributory factory, factor again to, from a logistical point of view, from a military point of view, to the success of the battle. Now, and the, uh, our scholars point out, you know, the Prophet sallam, in terms of, and again, Badr was, uh, you know, culminated in the conquest of Mecca. It was a watershed moment. What were the ingredients? What led to that mutual consultation? Mm. And the Prophet was open to mutual consultation. So um, our scholars explain that, you know, when it comes to an issue which is like very clear cut, like, you know, we decide, uh, look, I mean, we have in the podcast, uh, it might go on for a bit long. So uh, it might. Over an hour already. Oh, goodness. <laughs> well, that's good to hear because now you can cut off any time. It's an hour already. <laughs> Subhanallah. Oh, mashallah, tabarakallah. May Allah cause it to be beneficial that we benefit. So we decide, no, the podcast is going on for more than an hour. It didn't feel like an hour. I mean, I, 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 I myself got to shock when I saw the time. Oh, subhanallah. Because the story is, subhanallah, it's so inspiring and there's so many lessons to take. Subhanallah. May Allah cause us to benefit. Mm-hmm. Our ears are closest to our mouths. It may have an impact on our hearts, I mean, inshallah. I mean. um, so... Uh, the issue we were talking about mutual consultation Ayyuh. and so tomorrow morning we decide look the podcast has gone on for very long now so let's decide amongst ourselves it's a mutual consultation Allah told us in Quran that we must consult with each other and let's dispense of Fajr tomorrow morning <laughs> you know so uh, when there's a clear cut uh, uh, direction directed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then uh, that's not the scope of mutual consultation but with, 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 we find in the practice of the Prophet where there's not a clear-cut you know, text and directive in terms of the Qur'an. And for us now, you know, in terms of the traditions of the Prophet then we would find that it's almost like a legislative mechanism mm. that the Prophet would always employ in terms of, you know, what is the way forward. Consult with him. And the matter is a one of mutual consultation. Mm. And as we see over here, and the Prophet وسلم, you know, it's not like, uh, and the idea is to get the hearts together. Mm. Look, the most important thing is we ended 313. United we stand, divided we fall. And then, I mean, the greatest power after the power of Allah SWT is the power of unity. No. So uh, the Prophet mutual consultation, and, you know, uh, this should be part of our. Mm, should be part of our existence, part of our lifestyle. Right. Um, and what is that? That we uh, mutually consult. Why? With the idea of creating unity. We might have different opinions. Like uh, my opinion might be that, look here, the podcast is only supposed to last for 35 minutes. Mm. It's going for an hour now. Mm. Uh, but uh, okay, your opinion is, look, uh, we need to have at least one and a half hours, whatever the case may be. We may have different opinions, but when we mutually consult one another, the idea behind that is, not necessarily to do away with our uh, varying opinions or even right. conflicting opinions, um, uh, but rather to get our hearts together. Mm. And that's the idea. So united in that particular way, um, the Prophet 
relocates and now position now closer to the enemy no. and uh, they settle down there and this is now the eve before Badr mm. um, and now the preparations start for the for the battle the preparations start for the battle mm. so subhanallah um, sorry you know yeah. I'm just thinking now and I'm trying to recollect the time through my studies my, my official formal studies of when Shura was taught as like a, you know these are the adab and the, and the, and the ethics of Shura I actually never learned that, but I did come across it in the Tablighi Jamaat. Oh, like yeah. there, it's like always revised. No, it's and it's quite a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Because, of, you know, the way the, what do they call it, Mudakara is made no. of this particular no, no. Amal, how it is done. And no. I learned a lot. I, I was a Laitiki at the time, uh-huh. but I can still remember, you know, like mm. some of the stuff. No. And and of course, it becomes sort of anecdotal. People often quote these things like no mashura before the mashura or no. after the mashura no. and things like that. Yeah. But these principles are, if we do justice to them and mm. if we actually um, live up to this beautiful concept mm. of shura, mm. you know, it would, I believe, it would eliminate so many of mm. the issues that we find among one another, family, mm. organizations, mm. businesses. Mm. It's like communication or rather mm. the, Poor communication or the lack of communication mm. is a huge destructive force mm. in our daily lives. Absolutely. And here you have the the divine cure for that uh, mm. for that dilemma. And and the divine cure, I believe Allah Alam is shura. Mm. You know? And you can you might know about it theoretically, mm. but in reality, just look around and think about how many things do we genuinely mm. take consultations mm. for you know form mm. or make consultation mm. form. I think it's, uh, it's something we can really um, take from this this event and uh, make the near that we will that we will be trying our utmost to closer follow this uh, mm. beautiful sunnah of the Quran and of Rasulullah mm. sallallahu alaihi Inshallah. No, Subhanallah. Yeah, no. Allah enable us to. I mean, uh, it can sometimes be uh, challenging, and it requires uh, humbleness and humility. May Allah enable us to. Uh, exercise the right quality traits at the right time. Amin, Ya Rab. Barakallahu feek. So the night before Badr, it really, uh, you know, like, um, so Badr would happen the next day. Mm. So they're like, you know, I'm looking at the lights now. Mm. So we have all the lights in the studio, alhamdulillah. Um, uh, there's a source for this power. So it's the it's the, it's the box and that leads to a substation, which is the main station. So, but we're seeing the lights in front of us. So we saw on the day of Badr, we saw the lights. Mm. But that the power of that light, the current, needed to come from sub, from a from a station, from a source. And that source was on the eve of Badr. Mm, and that came with a connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ajeeb. Yeah. That's tonight, by the way, people. Yeah. And uh, uh, like uh, tonight, Thursday, Badr took place on a Friday. Mm. So today is the eve of the 17th It was a Thursday Ajib. And tomorrow is a Friday Subhanallah Ajib. So and then Allah SWT Even on that particular night You found the, the, the help of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala uh, Become manifest And here also again It's like um, the, the believers are preparing for battle How Allah SWT facilitates for their preparation And both in terms of You know uh, Physical and psychological If you wanted to put it in that way Allah talks about mm. you know like you know you need to be battle ready come the day so in other words you need to have some rest the night before so uh, sometimes uh, sleep eludes you 
But Allah SWT blessed him in a sense that he gave them that peace and tranquility. Yeah, yeah. I think it will certainly elude you, you know, the night before you're going to face an enemy that's three times your size. Subhanallah. I, don't, I wouldn't sleep. Subhanallah. Yeah, Subhanallah. Subhanallah. We're just a bit nervous for something that's no. going to happen the next day. And, no. Oh, I can't sleep. No. Why? Oh, no, no. I'm running in a race tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, okay. That gives you out of sleep. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. our pettiness. Yeah. Subhanallah. It reminds me of that, that, you know, Shayyabatni Hood wa Akhawatuha. And I always think, like, now what makes us great today? SubhanAllah. <laughs> Certainly not Hood wa Akhawatuha. SubhanAllah. Ajib. SubhanAllah. And then, uh, so the, 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 Allah prepares the believers in, in, in that particular manner. And then also, وَيُنَزِّلُ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَا أَلِّيُ طَاهِرَكُمْ بِهِ وَيُذِبَ عَنْكُمْ رِجْزَ الشَّيْطَانِ وَلِيَرْبِطَ عَلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَيُثَبِّتَ بِالْأَقْدَامِ A number of things happen. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends down rains. And then the rains, um, it, 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 has a, it, has a, it has a positive impact for the believers, but it impacts negatively on the disbelievers. Um, it solidifies the ground upon which the believers are standing. Mm. But then a psychological thing in terms of the verse, what the scholars explain here, they say that, uh, you know, the, the whisperings of the devil. So the devils would, 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 would whisper into the hearts of the believers and tell them that you are facing uh, the disbelievers tomorrow. Some of them would find themselves in a state of greater ritual impurity. Right. But they're on the battlefield now. Mm, Janaba. Yeah. So now mm. the devil is like saying to them, are you going to fight in that particular state? Mm. So what does Allah want to do? Allah sends down the rains. So it's a water source and they're able to ritually purify themselves. Mm, and then just in terms of the psychological, spiritual state that they find themselves in. Mm. Um, I like to think uh, sometimes that, you know, um, sometimes if you're feeling... How Islam has all of these measures in place that sometimes you feel very uh, cool, calm, and collected. Mm. Other times you feel all fragmented and, you know, psychologically, you're not in a good space. Um, yeah, psychologically, the believers weren't in a good space in mm. terms of some of them being in a state of greater ritual impurity. Right. So they feel uncomfortable. Then Allah SWT sends down water and they have a purificatory bath and they feel much better thereafter. Mm. Mm. So um, a bath can be therapeutic. That's yeah. I thought you were going to... somewhere else with that one, man. I thought you were going somewhere else with that. I thought you were going to go like get yourself into a state of greater spiritual impurity, and then you you'll be gone <laughs> because then you'll need the bath oh. afterwards. Oh no! That is say you know you pour water in this in the glass, then I can only drink water there from so. <laughs> No, 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 no. I really uh, think you're gonna you're gonna come with this with this joke angle, yeah. Uh, Mashallah. Uh, 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 no, it's it's an ajib thing. We it is. We are affected like I mean, even even like the what you need to do if you if you get angry, you take wudu. Yeah. It's it's, it's another thing. Like, no, absolutely. The one thing is psychological, yeah. emotional, spiritual, yeah. and a combination yeah. of that. Yeah. Then you must do something physical, just take wudu. No. But then again, you could argue that that physical action has a spiritual connection and so on. Yeah. But we have these facilities. It's amazing. Yeah. No, I, I believe, uh, wallahu alam, um, not like as a, you know, like as a, as a Islamic ruling, mm. but I believe that uh, from the verse one could possibly extrapolate that uh, when you're not feeling psychologically too well, mm. and then like Allah sent down pure water, mm. and through the water, Allah SWT um, uh, beated the psychological state, spiritual state of the believers. Mm. Likewise, if you're not feeling too well and then you go for a, a bath mm. and then 
generally, if a person goes for the bath and he feels a bit better about himself, and that's also, I think, very important. Uh, you know, uh, Islam, one of my, my good uh, friends, colleagues, and somewhat of a mentor, uh, was mentioning to us that Islam is very, w- we've come to understand Islam to be somewhat atomistic. Mm. But Islam is very holistic in terms of its approach. approach. Yeah. So when Islam looks at your well-being, it's not only your spiritual well-being, but it's your holistic well-being. Absolutely. And so in other words, you want to feel, um, you, want to, you want to have your wits about you. So how do you keep your wits about you? How do you always uh, 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 feel cool, calm, and collected? One of the means of doing that is ha- having a bath. And then you just feel better about yourself. Uh, so our scholars say that uh, will you, when you're feeling at your worst, you should dress at your best. Mm. You know, because um, looking at your best yes. will aid you in basically, you know, maybe the the external order would assist in maintaining yeah, some absolutely. internal order. Absolutely. No, it has, it has an effect. Space. I'm picturing yeah. myself in the Eid morning as a youngster. Yes, yes. Put on your suit. My daddy was a tailor, so he always wore suits on, uh, on, on Eid. Put on my suit. No matter how you woke up that morning, mm. once you have that suit on and you're going mm. out now, yeah. you, know, you, yeah. you feel like a million dollars because yeah. right now yeah. I'm, I'm ready to take on the world. Yeah, it's Ajib. And uh, it's another topic altogether, but yeah. I mean, Allah speaks about even the clothing in the Quran and stuff like that. Subhanallah. Yeah. Um, but now... Uh, they 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 get these gifts no. from up above, like no. Subhanallah. It's like Allah is making every possible adjustment no. for them to have the best possible outcome. No. And and what I find interesting about that is, no. like the way Allah Taala uses the the means, like the 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 normal means. Sometimes he supplements with something that's. In a supernatural no. or preternatural, I think is no. the, the more befitting word I can't no. recall. Like the angels coming and fighting no. with them on Badr, mm. uh, which we must still get to. But mm. so sometimes Allah uses that. Just like that, Allah Ta'ala could have just instantly kun fayakun, make them feel mm. better, take away no. the waswas of shaitan. No. no. Done all of that stuff. No. Like uh-huh. instantly. Yeah. Not seen why why seen down the rain, just make the ground firm. He's Absolutely. Allah. No. You know? Like I could say Maria Allah Ta'ala could send her fruit when she's yes. worshipping him alone. No. But when she's giving birth, mm. he tells her, go shake a date palm tree to get your no. dates. No. You know, it's ajib. I, I find that ajib because uh, I, I think the, the, the angle that, that I really thought about this from is sometimes we, we want a miracle. Mm. We want a miracle to come and improve our situation. Mm. Uh, something that's going to yeah. make us start performing salah. Mm. That's going to bring our job right. That's going to get us good opportunities, mm. like instantly, like a malak coming to you and saying, yeah, <laughs> something like that. But uh, more often than not, Allah Ta'ala works within the normal worldly means mm. and his, his plan just goes like under no. the radar. You don't even no. know that it's happening. No. So then what you do, you know, do you now attribute this to Allah or mm. are you going to be uh, sort of ungrateful and look past Allah and say, mm. Ah, you know what? It's my connection that got me this, and it's my mm. friend that got me mm. that, and mm. it's my cousin. Or, mm. You know, it's my intelligence. Or it's mm. my experience. Mm. That, you know, I'm high in demand. Whatever the case mm. may be, what are you going to attribute it to? Because mm. at the end of the day, it's still Allah. Mm. Like Allah mm. could have magically made the ground firm, or magically make them no. feel better, magically no. put them no. in, in a state of ease. No. But He chose to send down the rain. He chose to to um, firm the ground with the mm. water. He chose mm. to take away the waswasa by giving them a bath, mm. for lack of a better mm. expression. Mm. Um, 
they they could have just said, ah, you know what? It's because of the rain that we were successful. No. Bad no. rain did everything. No. Yeah, the wind was, was playing with us in that day. No. Just because the well was behind us in that day. No. That's why we won. Mm. But that wasn't the approach. Mm. The approach is like, mm. this is from Allah. Yes. I know it's very interesting that you mentioned that. And it's uh, it's really that, uh, I would what balance. Um, uh, but uh, I don't know if balance is the right word, Javi. You know, in terms of, like, uh, you have the means. Right. And then, but the the fact that uh, you employ the means, but ultimately, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the doer. Yeah, I love that you're bringing this up. I, have, I, I told Mullah, yeah. I had a question about this earlier, when we started. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm just very happy that you're bringing this up, because it's it's a puzzling thing for me. No, I'm answering your question. Fadalu, fadalu. I think you brought it up already, audio. Bismillah. Uh, no, I think it's a, uh, I'm, I'm just basically, uh, sort of like, it resonates with me, what you're saying. No. In a sense that uh, you employ the the means, but uh, the means um, employing the means uh, by taking Allah out of the equation—that's absolutely problematic. Yes, uh, you employ the means um, whilst knowing that ultimately Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is uh, in in control. That. Uh, uh, Nothing happens except with the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Um, Ibn Abbas was, uh, uh, again, we were speaking about Fadl the last time we spoke, no, no. and this was Ibn Abbas riding in Pillion with the Prophet sallallahu riding behind him. And then he says, uh, Ya ghulam, in your almuka kalimati, mm-hmm. I want to teach you a few things. Beautiful hadith. If the, if the entire uh, creation comes together and wishes to benefit you, and Allah didn't decree that you be benefited, you will not be benefited. Mm. If they come together and wish to cause you harm, then you won't experience any harm, not an outer of harm. Right. Uh, unless Allah SWT decreed it as, as such. No. So, um, the, we must employ the means, mm. but at the same time be acutely aware of the fact that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is the ultimate doer. Mm. But Allah has put the means into place like He so beautifully pointed out. Right. And then an interesting thing for me would be that uh, scholars discuss the fact that, look, um, if the level of belief that the person has when it comes to uh, not employing any means. So, for example, let's say this person has a a purse. The person puts his hand into the purse and he uh, miraculously draws money therefrom. Right, right. right? That level of belief as opposed to a person who goes out every day to work and then he earns a salary. The comparison in terms of whose belief is weightier the person who doesn't employ any means or the person who employs means. Mm. Our scholars say the latter. Really? Wow, that is, that's where my puzzling thing came from, this confusion about this idea. Like, what's the more noble thing to do? The more noble thing would be that uh, to employ the means. Ajib. But wh- why? Because our scholars say that the person who, despite the fact that he employs the means, his reliance is still on Allah. Ajib. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a deeper exercise mm. because the person who's not employing any means it's very clear that it's only coming from Allah right. but the person who's employing the means he gets over the hurdle so in his belief he negates the means Ajib. as being the um, causative factor the ultimate causative factor that's hectic so the person whose belief um, is despite that despite the ostensible I hope that was great. Um, the, despite the, yes, the yes, parent, because, uh, 
Oh, yeah, the ostensible means, threat. I mean, yeah. on the surface level, yeah, on the superficial, surface level, superficial. It, it, it's strange because you would come, wow, he can pull money out of a purse and not yeah. even do any work. Yeah. That's like, he must be a wali of Allah par excellence. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, yeah. anecdotally judging yeah. society now, yeah. I think most people would rush that, you know, rush yes, that guy yes. down. Give me all yeah. your signature, can I kiss yeah. your feet type of thing. Yes, yes. Because easy man is out of this world. Yeah. So what Mala is saying is, 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 it's like a wow thing for me that, that that's actually yeah no, that's what I was that's what scholars say I think look if you if you look at it in this way uh, if you look at it in terms of means that uh, the the primary narration and you quoted like you know the story of Maria Malaysia which are scholars you know quote and uh, the the, uh, the the other issues which you have mentioned one of the one of the most oft quoted and pivotal narrations in this particular regard would be that uh, the Prophet says, لو أنكم توكلتم على الله حق توكلي توكلون على الله if you were to if you were to place your reliance on Allah as you should then he would provide for you like he provides for the bird what does the bird do? the bird doesn't stay in its nest the bird goes out with an empty belly and comes back with a full belly so again the connecting factor is employment of the means Ajeeb Employment of the means. That Dalil, that Dalil just does it for me. I've never thought about that hadith in light of that. Like the whole haqqa tawakkuli part. Because it's basically saying that this yeah. is the best way of tawakkul. Yeah, it's, it's the optimum form of, form of reliance. No, I, mean, I mean, on the one hand, like, I think I understood. I think it's kind of obvious that tawakkul is important. We, we get that. And, and we always talk about, you know, taking the means and then making tawakkul. But what, what was confusing for me is like, how do you compare that to the person like Sayyidina Maryam receives the fruit from the summer how do you compare that to another wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who would for example drink poison and just say look I have tawakkul on Allah type of thing because we know that that's only happening because that person had a tremendous level of iman and you know avoided haram and embellished their lives with sunnah and then remained consistent on that and then Allah chose them as his wali and then you know if he so chooses karama take place so now he's saying like yeah, but the, the other guy, you know, the other guy who's 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 going to work and he's getting mm. his money there, mm. and who's, who who says to his daughter, "Don't eat the poison because you're going to die mm. if you're going to eat that poison." You know, mm. that the, they take the means, and technically that's the more problem. But now that one has mentioned the, the hadith, <laughs> which mm. I've like knew since I think second year really, and mm. I've been quoting so many times, mm. it's kind of like obvious because mm. the Prophet Sallam doesn't just say, you know, this is you know make tawakku. He says. Mm. It's like, it's like, subhanallah, this is actually the way. So any deviation from this is either going to be an exception to the rule, like in the case of the wali, that would be a specific exception to the rule, like always the exceptions to the rule. Or it's, yeah, it's just doesn't I was thinking of like... I'm not learning a lot in this podcast. No, subhanallah. And I see our friend... A mutual coffee friend, one of Dr. Zamir, he says, Shukran, one of Muhammad Kaw and one of Irshad. Oh, I don't want to read the rest of that comment. May Allah reward you for your good thoughts of us, Doc, and keep you and preserve you always. I mean, Barakallah, Fikum, may Allah accept. And Shukran to all of the other comments as well. I wasn't even focusing on comments tonight. This last one just grabbed my attention. So if you are still here, Jazakallah Khair for joining us. Don't forget. That we are also asking you to, you know, become part of the budget campaign of the Neo Youth Foundation. 
and support the, the good endeavors, inshallah ta'ala. Amala Muhammad Ka heads up the Know Youth Foundation and to become part of our own little badr list, right? We, your names will be included on the list that our students will be making dua for. Uh, the organization is asking for small monthly uh, pledges in the form of a debit order. And if you would like to reach out, the uh, website details is on the screen, uh, just beneath me here. And um, also you can just leave us a message uh, in the comment section to reach out to you and we could perhaps uh, get one of our people to reach out to you inshallah and actually assist you with, with setting up those those order forms. I do apologize for that uh, rude ad, ad interruption there. <laughs> 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 so, we must go pay the bills, you know, we must got bills to pay. Allahu Akbar. Barakallah. Have you to end of that particular, uh, you know, that, 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 that thread, if, no. if I could express it as such. Um, We were talking about like the means, so you know you get you get different means, uh, you get the the, the 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 practical means, and then you get the spiritual means. Um, for example, like sustenance, there's a practical yeah. means, and then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will tell you in Quran like, وَأَمُرْ أَهْلَكَ بِالصَّلَاةِ وَالصَّبْرِ عَلَيْهَا لَا نَسْأَلُكَ رِزْقَ نَحْنُ نَرْزُقُكَ. So we know that prayer five times a day it's a means of your sustenance. So there's the spiritual means and. Spiritual means are very, very, very important. Then there's the practical means. I was thinking of an example now, and Allah knows best, uh, that was coming to mind. You know, this whole idea when you travel, and when you when you travel, certain concessions apply. Right. One of them is that you need not fast. Mm. In other words, not obligatory for you to fast. No. From the Shafi's perspective, we say, okay, it's not, it's not compulsory for you to fast whilst you're traveling. In other words, you can break your fast. Mm. What is better, we ask? Right. Is it better to fast or to break your fast? In that particular instance, our scholars say that uh, it's better not to fast. Mm. And the proof for that is they look at what the Prophet did, his practice. Mm. Right. So then, you know, when you look at this whole question we're talking about now, employ the means or don't employ the means. When we look at that particular phenomenon, um, what was the practice of the Prophet And that presents the ideal for us. By and large, what do we find? that the Prophet employed the means. So like we, you know, we opt uh, not to fast while traveling because that is better because is, he did Is that it. the position of the Shafi mother? That's that, is, the, that is better not, not to, to fast. fast. If you're able Ajib, to. I, if I you, somehow remember it differently. If you, um, See, I haven't been reading when I came in my No, uh, look, I could be wrong. <laughs> you, you let me know, inshallah. I highly doubt it. Uh, I, I haven't read it in a while. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so again, now uh, yes, in this it's, particular it's the regard, same, it's the same principle. The principle applies in it's terms of the Prophet and what was his idol. For example, you another question: um, What do I do? Do I, you know, do I live in and amongst people, or do I live of all of my own? Mm. What is the ideal? Mm. What was the practice of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? He lived in and amongst people. Mm. The Prophet did he employ means? Yes, he, mm. he did employ means. And I think the ultimate, just in terms of our conversation, to like for me to to sort of like bring some sort of culmination to this uh, particular thread would be the fact that we know in Badr, the Prophet spent the Eid of Badr employing Allah to send Allah's help. Allah SWT sent His help. Uh, so uh, 3,000 angels Allah sent down. Um, and then Allah SWT um, augmented that amount by sending another 2,000, so 5,000 angels. So our scholars say that Badr, Badr was the only battle 
where the angels were active combatants, combatants, as opposed to all of the other battles. The angels may have been there, but they weren't active participants in the battle. Why? Not. Because mm. what would happen then is that um, the expectancy of the believers would be, why do we have to employ the means when Allah sent the yeah, angels down? Yeah, it's like a magical solution. Just yes. stand back and watch Allah it happen. Allah wanted to impress upon the believers that yes, you, the angels will always be in the, in, in the vanguard, always there to assist the believers. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to uh, test the believers. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to employ the necessary means in terms of um, creating the desired outcomes. And therefore in Surah Al-Anfal towards the end, Surah Al-Badr, what does Allah SWT say? وَعِدُّ لَوْ مَسَطَعْتُ مِنْ قُوَّةٍ And mm. prepare. Preparation is about employing mm. the means. So like this in all different types of endeavors, um, uh, you know, we need to employ the means. Mm. I think, uh, you know, also like sometimes I tell myself when it comes to like, you know, fundraising initi- initiatives and so forth, Ish, man. Mm. you know, uh, w- yes, we definitely have to turn to Allah SWT and that's the primary thing. And if we employ any means uh, without um, imploring the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then it's going to amount to nothing mm, it's going to amount to nothing absolutely um, and uh, you know if we tie that into another idea you know the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he stood up on this night and you know we were talking about the, the there was a manifestation of uh, the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Badr but uh, that power was solicited on the eve before mm. and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the, was the primary one um, I think the word in English is suckering, you know, like really pleading and imploring to Allah SWT to assist. Uh, so much so that some of the wordings is, oh, uh, uh, oh Allah, you know, if this band of believers were to be destroyed, then you wouldn't be worshipped on the face of the earth. Yes, uh, the, the Prophet SAW, you know, he used to raise oh, his hands, you know, up. Uh, and, you know, there's different modes of, you know, turning to Allah SWT. Uh, you know, you know, when we raise our fingers like this, like for example in Jumu'ah. No. The others we raise in, our hands in, in, in this khutbah, particular way. In Yes, if I see the whole jamaah and Juma sitting there, like why sitting there? Muhammad said on Juma. Yeah, Subhanallah. And the and the and the and the, the one would be like Imam Nawawi, Rahmanullah talks like on the day of Arafah. No, that you should raise both hands like in this particular manner. So this is basically a greater manifestation and expression of a servitude to Allah. Mm. So in this manner, the Prophet was standing and imploring Allah Subhanahu mm. Wa Taala, uh, so much so that Abu Bakr would say that, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will fulfill his promise. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised you that he's going to grant you victory. And that's one of the other lessons that um, our scholars talk about. So if a victory was guaranteed for uh, uh, the, the, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi why then did he exert himself to that particular degree on mm. the eve of Badr? Mm. So uh, some of our scholars have a very beautiful thing to say. And they say that... Um, the price of success, the price of felicity, is submission to Allah. Yes, So the Prophet وسلم, he was honored to, uh, in a sense, pay that price. That you know, submit to Allah, and then Allah SWT comes to you with, uh, with, with, with help and and and, sure. and support. That's mind blowing stuff, yeah, there, Subhanallah. I uh, I would like to to. Uh, thank you for this uh, amazing uh, journey through us on our week. No, subhanAllah, it's just some thoughts that you placed in our, Allah placed in our hearts and it's facilitated I, I by yourself. I nothing to do with it. No, no, no. If Mala must hear me on the other podcast, then Mala will understand I can't possibly have anything to do with the goodness that's happening here. Barakallah, <laughs> um, I, I would like to ask, is there any 
incident of Badr, as, as Mullah is sitting here now, that later on Mullah is going to regret that you didn't mention that one incident because that was like, the, you know, that's one that really stood out for you that you'd like to share with us before we conclude with dua, inshallah ta'ala. Oh, subhanAllah. Mullah, you can take your time, inshallah. Barakallah hmm. And uh, while Manana is thinking about that incident, um, I'm going to say that we will be making dua at the end of this program. So don't go away, inshallah. If you haven't yet done so, uh, it would help the channel if you like and subscribe and share and all those funny businesses thing in the bottom. And um, if you if you really want to help and, and take the full advantage of Badr, get yourself on that list, inshallah ta'ala, so that uh, we can also be on a, on a on a Badr list and students will be making dua for us and Every time a khatam is read and you know in the the hived classes and so on, I think that is a real beautiful opportunity. Uh, do reach out, and the organisation will also benefit. Of course, it's the price of success and felicity is submission. So we want to get something great like that. Uh, we first have to submit to this beautiful thing of sadaqa, this beautiful thing of uh, the the philanthropy that Allah Taala encourages us with in Islam. And what better time to do it than in the month of Ramadan when the Prophet ﷺ was the most generous um, because of the, the actions that used to take place in the nights of Ramadan. So it's, uh, it's like uh, the ideal night to do it also in. It's the 17th night of Ramadan. Tomorrow's our Badr. You know, subhanAllah, just imagine that that state of mind of the believers. Uh, so before we get that dua, inshallah, Malina, um, mm. is there anything that you'd like to touch on? SubhanAllah. Thank you for the opportunity. Uh, to speak a little bit and remind myself about uh, you know the Battle of Badr no. and uh, the lessons they are in. Um, I was just thinking now about uh, Surah Al-Anfal, which is Surah Al-Badr. Mm. And uh, I think uh, the first two verses or the first verse is very important in terms of putting things into context for us. Mm. The name of the chapter is Al-Anfal. Anfal, Nafal, is uh, superrogatory, that which is extra. And booty, um, is, is, is referred to as something which is extra. That's not the primary objective. But what happens is sometimes the secondary issues, um, uh, we give it uh, prominence and it appears to be primary. Mm. So, yes, Aluna Kanil Amfal, they ask you about the booty. Um, and in Quran, uh, it happens quite a bit. I, I didn't think about this being an example, but it happens quite a bit. Uh, companions ask about one thing. Allah gives them a different answer altogether. No. Then look, that's not important. This is important. Right. That's secondary. This is primary. It right. happens quite often in Quran. They ask you, um, uh, um, how does the waxing and the waning of the moon work? Um, Allah responds by saying, uh, it's not um, how that's important. It's why. Why? It serves a particular purpose. Mm. So again, the question is in, in one valley. And the answer is another value. Mm. So here, Allah very uh, puts it into context. Right. Allah will decide in terms of how that is distributed. What is important for you is Fattakullah. Mm. You want to be successful? Uh, you know, uh, uh, fear, uh, be conscious of Allah. Right. And uh, uh, reform that bonds, that binds you together. Obey Allah and His Messenger. Inshallah, we'll be successful. Another thing which came to mind, I was thinking on my way, well, just very quickly, um, um, and uh, sorry to take up your time. Um, the, in another place outside now of Surah Al Anfal, Surah Al Badr, where Allah again alludes to Badr, it's quite a unique thing. Um, 
But Allah seeks to highlight the lessons of Badr post Uhud. Mm. Uhud could be seen yeah, as a uh, Uhud could be seen as a setback for the yes. believers. Yes. So then, you know, like we would call a postmortem. Right. So they say the companions have a postmortem. So now they're discussing about you know uh, we were successful at 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 at, uh, at uh, Badr. Badr. Um, but uh, we had a setback in terms of Uhud. So some of the companions, again, looking at the means, perhaps it was because the disbelievers as a gate who chest in what we have. Mm-hmm. So then in terms of the context, so let's put measures into place where we can generate more funds. Mm-hmm. Because if we have more funds, we're able to better equip ourselves and then we'll be victorious. Mm-hmm. So one of the measures that come to mind is, look, how are they, how are they generating funds? They're generating funds through usurious means. Right. So then they say, let us also set up the same means yeah, because look, yeah, the just ends who justify the means. Mm. So in that particular context, then Allah SWT says, look, um, the end doesn't justify the means. Mm, and then also, even if you employ the proper means to create funding, then funding doesn't guarantee you success. Mm. So the, yeah, You want to be successful, be Mm. conscious of Allah, Mm. be conscious Mm. of the laws Mm. of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think for our purposes of getting together, because we'd like to encourage, you know, people to support a good cause. The core concern of the believers in the post-mortem after uh, um, uh, Uhud was that, look, how can we um, be successful? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, your success lies in consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then in terms of, like, you know, raising funds that you should employ the proper means to raise funds. Mm. That is the context of these verses um, uh, when Allah talks about uh, Uhud. So, you know, tonight, let's make it a badr. I mean. And let's not be a setback. What I mean is, let us collectively join one another in supporting mm. a what we believe to be a good initiative, inshallah, so that it may be a resounding success. And we pray that Allah SWT grant us consciousness in whatever Ameen. we do, whether Ameen. we're giving or whether we're doing or whether we're uh, teaching or whether we're uh, doing community work or whatever the case may, mm. may be. Mm. Then another unique thing, so, you know, just in terms of fundraising, Allah talks about, uh, look, don't fundraise in the wrong way. Mm. In other words, usurious. It's one of the easiest means within which to yeah, generate yeah. funds, but Allah says it's not permissible. But then afterwards, Allah SWT talks about uh, look, uh, spending the path of Allah. Spending, Allah tells you, spending the path of Allah. Now, spending in the path of Allah, you need to have money in order to spend in the path of Allah. So, an encouragement to spend in the path of Allah is an implicit encouragement to earn first. Subhanallah. You must earn first. So, what happens is you need to earn. Right. And you need to be particular in terms of your earning and try to, you know, um, uh, and may Allah increase all of us in terms of our sustenance. I mean, and when your sustenance, when you, when you have a surplus and then that surplus can be can be employed mm. um, for good purposes mm. and our plea tonight is that you know that surplus funds that you may have mm. um, channel to a cause and make an investment that will avail you in this world as well as in the year after I mean, I mean. the companions they ask um, uh, spend uh, the surplus so you know uh, if you look at the explanation of that particular verses it's really um you know this model that we have, Walillah Alhamd, in terms of sustainable funding. You know we spoke about self-sustainable and sustainable. What is sustainable? If you take all of your money this month and you give it to a given organization, uh, no. Um, rather, after your, like, you know, your monthly expenses, whatever is surplus, 
part of that surplus in the form of a, you know, of a donation on a monthly basis, which also helps us in terms of our planning. Um, a little bit of the surplus is an ideal form of spending. Allah SWT in terms of Quran, uh, in terms of philanthropy in particular, Allah is very prescriptive. Mm, very prescriptive and uh, very uh, guiding you along the line. I, I very just want to put this out there, uh. so because we've, we've got witnesses now. Uh. This is now the, the third time this topic is coming up between uh. the two of us, uh, uh. but most of the time it's off air. Uh. So I said to Molina the last time, Molina, I would like to hear Molina give a presentation, a talk, a paper, or something of the sort on philanthropy in the Quran and just you know taking us through that journey because Molina's been doing a lot of thinking about that, mashallah. Now I'm saying. That's the next podcast, inshallah ta'ala. Ya Rabbana. Allah, Allah enable and grant us understanding and the ability to first uh, understand, imbibe. I mean, And uh, then uh, if Allah SWT so favors us to share as well. I mean, Ya Rabb. So subhanAllah, the, um, uh, there's a lot of, you know, if you look at Quran, you look at Badr like in the broader context mm. and, you know, in terms of how, wherever it's mentioned, I think we, uh, we're able to glean a, a, a lot of lessons. And... Uh, Quran, uh, this Ramadan in particular, um, uh, and this is also something that we had informally chatted about, um, how, you know, the the, the lessons um, of Quran can be packaged mm. in an accessible manner, mm. number one, to ourselves, yes. and by extension to others. And really, if we were to take these principles um, and these uh, guiding tools and these like skill sets, Mm. And uh, be empowered with it, mm. and it's like Allah says, "Our man can meet and fahiyinahu, wajalna nahu nuran yamshi, yamshi bi bain al-nas, or or kama qalaj al-shanu." That person who was uh, uh, dead, uh, not in the literal sense, but in the figurative sense, and then we granted him a light. And then equip with this light, he walks amongst people, mm. a shining light. Indeed. So, you know, uh, Ramadan is also that time, and may Allah make it as such that we read Quran, Ameen. wonder about Quran, uh, you know, uh, uh, learn all of these principles from Quran and employ them to uh, ensure, you know, uh, our felicity Ameen. in this world as well as in the after. I mean, so, so what Marana is describing, uh, our suggestion is actually to have a weekly podcast on this. Uh, type of approach we exactly what Mona described I don't want to repeat the whole thing again but what what do you think of that inshallah would that be something that you would find beneficial for yourself for your family for your loved ones uh, do let us know in the comment section as well so we can get some feedback as to whether we should uh, invest some time in, well, I'm not me I'm just the guy <laughs> asking the questions and and switching on the, the stream but yes I would like to ask Mona to conclude this evening with dua but please, uh, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, mothers and fathers, this organization can really use your assistance. And, and I think with the vision of Mullah Muhammad and the, the kids who I've met and the teachers who I've met, that there's a beautiful, there's a beautiful, um, there's a beautiful opportunity for us here to invest in our future because these kids, the youth, they are our future. And the, this is not just like, this is from my side, Mullah didn't tell me to say this. But what's clear is that this is not just a school that, that just wants to be a school and just puts kids through and just gets the fees and so on. No, this appears to be a school where uh, we want to make a difference and we want to do it strategically with, with, with giving it our all and our best, our best teachers, our best efforts, our best ideas, 
our best time, our best money. And you can be a part of this vision, inshallah. How? The website details is on the screen. That's www.neoyouthfoundation.co.za. All of the banking details, all of the details you'd require to contact us or make a contribution would, can be found there. Alternatively, contact uh, Monana Muhammad uh, Ka or any of the teachers of Nao Youth Foundation, Monana Abdullah Forbes is there as well, um, or anyone you know who is connected to this organization, right? And they'll be more than, than happy to reach out to you and assist you. Um, it's a very simple way to get on the list of 313 for the Nao Youth Foundation. Make a monthly contribution pledge now in Ramadan of a 50 rand or 100 rand a month and your name will be part of that list and your name will be part of the, the names for whom do I will be made by these beautiful souls and within these beautiful contexts. So that's, that's really exciting you know, that we have this type of opportunity. Alhamdulillah. Inshallah, we will follow up. Uh, so from today, you know, get your forms, get your debit orders, get your pledges ready and, and get it to the school because you want to get onto that list by the 27th of Ramadan. Because on the 27th night of Ramadan, Mullah will be having another follow-up program in which we will be making a special dua for all of those, all of our brothers and sisters who decided to you know, take this, uh, this journey, inshallah, and the ummah at large, of course. But we, you know you want to be that extra special name that gets mentioned. So do get your, your, your details in as soon as possible. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you and accept our intentions and keep us sincere. And keep us humble Amen. and uh, take us to that Jannah, whether that be in chains, you know, because it's it's not really part of our design or whether that be, uh, you know, just walking freely. However we get there, let's get there, inshallah ta'ala. And we can only get there with ikhlas and a'malu salihat. So may Allah grant us that. Amen. Amen. Uh, ya Rabbal Alameen. Walana da'watukum, inshallah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu ala Sayyidil Mursaleen. وعلى آله وأصحابه الطاهرين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله وإليه يرجع الأمر كله اللهم لك الحمد كما ينبغي لجلال وجهك ولعظيم سلطانك اللهم إننا لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك اللهم لك الحمد حتى ترضى لك الحمد إذا رضيت لك الحمد بعد الرضا لك الحمد كالذي نقول لك الحمد كالذي تقول لك الحمد خيرا مما نقول لك الحمد أنت فاطر السماوات والأرض لك الحمد أنت قيوم السماوات والأرض لك الحمد أنت بديع السماوات والأرض اللهم إنا نسألك بكل منه ولك سميت به نفسك أو أنزلته في كتاب أو علمته أحدا من خلقك أو استأثرت به في علم الغيب عندك نسألك يا الله أن تجعل القرآن ربيع قلوبنا ونور صدورنا آمين وجلاء أحزاننا ولهاب همومنا برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين آمين اللهم ارحمنا بالقرآن العظيم وجعله لنا إماما ونورا وهدى ورحمة آمين اللهم ذكرنا منهما نسينا آمين وعلمنا منهما جهلنا آمين ورزقنا تلاوة القرآن آناء الليل وأطراف النار برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين آمين اللهم اهد قلوبنا ويسر الهدى لنا آمين اللهم اجعلنا لك شاكرين لك ذاكرين إليك أواهين 
الذين منيبين برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم ربنا تقبل توبتنا واغسل حوبتنا واجب دعوتنا برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم اهدنا واهد بنا وجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم اهدنا الصراط المستقيم اللهم اهدنا الصراط المستقيم اللهم اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين نمت عليهم من النبيين والصديقين والشهداء والصالحين وحسن أولئك رفيقا ذلك الفضل من الله وكفى بالله عليما اللهم اقسم لنا من خشيتك ما تحول به بيننا وبين معصيتك ومن اليقين ما تهون به علينا مصائب الدنيا ومتعنا بأسماعنا وأبصارنا وقواتنا أبدا ما أحييتنا وجعله الوارث منا اللهم لا تجعل الدنيا أكبر همنا ولا مبلغ علمنا برحمتك وكرمك وإحسانك يا رب العالمين اللهم آت نفوسنا تقواها وزكيها أنت خير من زكاها أنت وليها ومولاها برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة اللهم ربنا تقبل منا القليل وسامحنا بالكثير لا تؤاخذنا بالتقصير يا نعم المولى ويا نعم النصير اللهم إنا نسألك العافية في الدنيا والآخرة آمين. يا من لا تخفى عليه خافية إنا نسألك اللطف والعافية آمين. إنا نسألك اللطف والعافية آمين. إنا نسألك اللطف والعافية آمين. برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم لا تدع قلبا من قلوبنا إلا رقيته في مقامات اليقين اللهم أكرمنا بذلك وإن لم نكن أهلا لذلك اللهم سلمنا لرمضان وسلم رمضاننا برحمتك يا رحم الراحمين اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفو تحب العفو فاعف عنا يا كريم اللهم اغفر لنا ولوالدينا ولأساتذتنا ولمن حقه علينا ولمن أوصانا بالدعاء برحمتك يا رحم الراحمين اللهم أخلصنا وأخلص أعمالنا لوجهك الكريم اللهم لا تجعل في أعمالنا حظا لغيرك برحمتك وكريمك وإحسانك يا رب العالمين اللهم جعلنا من عبادك المخلصين أكرمنا بذلك وإن لم نكن أهلا لذلك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم بارك لنا في حركاتنا وبارك لنا في سكناتنا وبارك لنا في كل شيء عطيتنا برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم من كان منا مصرا على ارتكاب الصغائر والكبائر فحق أقدة الأسرار منه برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم جعلنا والمستمعين وسامعين من البارين لوالديهم برحمتك وكرمك وإحسانك يا رب العالمين اللهم جعل جمعنا هذا يا رب جمع مرحومة وجعل تفرقنا من بعد تفرقا معصومة لا تجعل فينا ولا منا ولا بيننا شقية ولا محرومة برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير وجعل أواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير والعافي إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم جعل هذا المشروع اجعله مخلصة لوجهك وكرمك برحمتك وكرمك وإحسانك يا رب العالمين اللهم جعلها ناجية برحمتك وكرمك اللهم جعل هذا في ميزان حسنات أخي مولانا إرشاد برحمتك وكرمك وإحسانك يا رب العالمين بارك له في حركاته سكناته وفي كل شيء أعطيته برحمتك يا رحم الراحمين له ولأحبابنا ولأحباتنا ومحبينا في الدين برحمتك وكرمك وإحسانك يا رب العالمين وصلي الله وسلم على سيدنا محمد وآله وصلى الله وسلم سبحان ربنا رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام الحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة
تقبل الله منا ونكم جميعا تقبل الله منا ونكم بارك الله فيكم جزاكم الله خيرا اخوان شكرا جزاكم الله خيرا for joining us it's uh, it's late <laughs> and we keep you up uh, we hope and pray to have benefit inshallah please do remember in your duas and do reach out and support uh, this beautiful initiative inshallah I see somebody saying please arrange for part two don't worry they will be uh, part 70 inshallah still in succession Allah grant us acceptance I mean uh, support our endeavors it is a worthy cause it is the month of Ramadan Allah reward you perhaps this is the thing that takes us to Jannah Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh fikum Allah Allah Akbar it was beautiful Allah Akbar and really it was it was it was good Inshallah. It's very good. Like as a whole, I mean, not just uh, uh, not just yeah. talking on Malna's nasiha specifically. That was brilliant. But I mean, the whole experience tonight was very nice. I was I wasn't uh, I'm not too comfortable with with uh, that vigorous type of fundraising. Even uh, yeah, this didn't feel like that to me. Uh, okay, mashallah, alhamdulillah. You know, it shouldn't man. It's cheap man. Yeah. I've, I've sat on panels on on, yeah. on uh, fundraisers. Man. Yeah, doesn't feel good. It doesn't know it doesn't. It is. You practically resort to no because it's you 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 you. To begging. Yeah, no, and you 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 debasing yourself in front of other than Allah. Yeah, it, and it's, it, it's why? very bad, and it's become such a common thing now, like with this ITV pledge lines, man, specifically. I don't know how it is this year, but uh, there was once the 